to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today is part one with a special guest. We are taking on our big categorized bracket. It's time for Categorized. Happy New Year and welcome to a very special episode of More Than Movies. Remember when we did all those categorized episodes and we were deciding what our favorite movie starting with each letter of the alphabet was, Ivana? Yeah, we ended that back in season four, right? Yes, in the pandemic times. And that was uh, 2020. And we are now in season seven. And it's taken us a while to get our shit together, but we've managed to actually bring a very special guest from an amazing podcast called Here's How It Goes. It's Matt Dell. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Matt. So <laughs> glad you can join us. Rob, thank you for having me here. Yeah, um, I'm from Here's How It Goes. It's a podcast I do with a, another buddy of mine named Matt, The Matt and Matt Show. Um, where basically we, we discuss movies as well. We, we watch movie trailers or a movie trailer and then make predictions based on that movie trailer. How much is given away about a movie because of that trailer? We just watch the official trailer. We try to keep it that way, pose our questions, come back the next week to review that movie and score how well we did basically. Yeah. If you're not listening to here's how it goes, you really should Matt and his pal, Matt Rundle. So we got Dell and Rundle. They do sound like you're uh, you're you're listening casually to the dearest of friends, and you guys are dear friends. You guys have been friends for Dep- a long, long time. We've been friends for a long time. How dear we are depends on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I I love just your format and your concept. It's a lot of fun, and it's really easy to like pop into episodes either you know the first half of last week to this week so you can like keep things all in a row that's usually how i listen a half an episode across two episodes a half an a episode at a time yeah wow wow <laughs> well that's singing endorsement there from ivana <laughs> no i like you start okay i, I really tease. can't I tease. wait till the next episode so i will go back listen to the predictions then- having already watched the thing and then go right to the next episode. I get it. Stay fresh. Yeah. Stay current. Very good. Well, thank you. Yeah, we just started uh, season, season seven. So you can find us in all the places that you find um, podcasts. We also have a Facebook page, which is, surprise, surprise, the name of the show. Here's how it goes. So you can always uh, reach out to me and Matt through there uh, or get caught up on what we're about to watch before diving into an episode. Yeah, we'd love, we'd love for you to check us out. And, and Matt is here because he has a very important task. In fact, when I say Matt is here, I mean what for the first time since 2019, Ivana, myself, and Matt are in the same room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that is true. This is... Like we're looking at each other and maybe the audio is a little bleedy. Yeah. Yeah. You may hear some bleed, but it's okay because this is so amazing. Ivana, welcome home, by the way. Welcome back to Toronto. Canada embraces your love and everything. It's been like a whole year since I've been back to Canada. I missed it. It's so great. Has it really been that long? More than a year. A year and three months. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Welcome back. Now, not only is Matt here as, uh, as a friend and... A podcasting buddy, but he is 
very important because he is keeping track of what we are doing here. What movies are in the alphabetical bracket? Now, let's explain what that is. Ivana, how is this going to work? We've assembled all 52 movies from the finale of our categorized alphabet edition back in 2020. And our fearless guest, Matt, has painstakingly created an elimination style bracket for us. Now, we don't know how long this is going to take. (laughs) 52 movies is a lot. But listen, if it starts to go over an hour, we'll be sure to chop this all up in a smaller bite-sized episodes for you. And we will tell you. But we could just, like, we can crown Jaws the winner right now, right, Matt? I don't know. Let's go through the bracket, okay? Uh, So Matt has ranked each movie based on its letterbox rating score and balanced our elimination bracket accordingly. Some movies ranked higher have gotten a buy to the second round. Some three-star movies are going to be pitted against five-star movies. It is going to be a bloodbath. (laughs) Very important announcement. The last time we did a categorized episode, it was three years ago. It was in 2020. So that means no movies from the last three years have been in consideration for this bracket. No Oppenheimer, no Barbie, nothing like that. That's right. So this is going to sound kind of weird at times. In fact, we may even have new movies that are our favorite A movie or favorite B movie. But as of the last recording date, when you heard us in season four, we're taking all of that categorized love and we've given it to Matt to build this exceptional exceptional bracket. So Matt, are you ready to kick this thing off? I'm ready to start crushing dreams if you are. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, okay. Let's just start at the beginning. It's always a good place to start. And I'm going to put up, or I am putting up, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the movie uh, Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer classic, Shane Black, against another beloved classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so I think these were both my picks back they, then. They are both your picks. They okay. are both your picks. Uh, this is an easy one for me. Okay, it's less easy for me. I mean, you've got, like Matt said, RDJ and Val Kilmer. They play wonderfully off each other in Kiss Arguably Kiss RDJ's return to Hollywood. I I would agree, but... but but so do John Candy and Steve Martin. Well, beloved. In Plain Strains and Automobiles. Beloved. Also, both holiday movies, right? Christmas for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're yes. right. Yeah, you're very you're right. right. Um, I, can I vote first? Go for it. I'm giving it to the single greatest use of the F word as far as I'm concerned, and that is in Plain Strains and Automobiles. Oh, that's great. Well, I want to vote next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, because I'm going the other way with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because I actually really didn't like Steve Martin in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. What? And I really You don't, don't like his him or his This character. is where dreams come to die. I, I hated his character. I don't like... There's a whole... In the 80s, they made all these movies where like one guy would be more level-headed and one guy would be goofy, but the goofy guy would have a heart of gold. And I, I hate that convention. I hate those movies. And this is one of them. My God, I forgot about your hatred for the 80s. This is going to just 
come out the whole show. I was just about to say, this is a beloved... I understand it is a convention, or was a convention, is still a convention, but I feel like it was still... wasn't as used up still at this point in the 80s. It's hard, though, because I only ever watched it, you know, like, I never watched it in that moment. Right. You didn't watch it as a child at the it's time. It's a recent movie for me, and a convention that I already dislike. So I, I, I found... Uh, Steve Martin's character grading the entire film. Well, this is why Matt is here. He is truly the most important piece. He is here to break our ties. And 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 then friendships. And friendships. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to go as much as I do love me some Shane Black and some Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. My heart goes with planes, trains, and automobiles on this when I'm a kid of the 80s. And this I I love this movie. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be winter without watching this movie. Ah, the eighties so the eighties wins. <laughs> All right, it goes to the next round. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, next round here we're gonna go. Uh, this is another J versus J pick here. We're gonna go L.A. Confidential, a classic film mm. noir. Curtis Hansen, I think, if I remember properly. I believe you are right, sir. Versus Get Shorty with, obviously, uh, John Travolta based on an mm. Elmore Leonard book. So we got gangsters versus gangsters in a in a way. Uh, Ivana, if I recall, you didn't love the movie Get Shorty, but has the TV show Get Shorty that you do love increased your love of the movie at all? Uh, I think you misremember. I love the movie oh, Get Shorty. Oh, I do misremember. Um, it surprised me. It's because it's nothing like the TV show, which is what I first watched. The first thing I ever saw of this property was the television show, which I love. But then the movie, which was completely different, was equally charming and so fun. Um, John Travolta, who I don't even love, I loved him in this movie. Uh, so I'm just not going to like mince words, but that's my vote. Although LA Confidential was it's a fantastic movie, and I actually watched it like only a year ago for the first time. I think with our movie club, Matt. I think so. But Get Shorty is so much more fun. Where L.A. Confidential is a little bit more serious, a little bit more about the seedy underbellies. But you know, it's less fun. And I, I, I like the Get Shorty take on on L.A. You know what I mean? I I was just gonna say that they're both shot in L.A. They both have Hollywood aspects. They both have Danny DeVito. Uh, I see what you're doing here, Matt, with uh, yeah. this bracket. I'm trying to put DeVito <laughs> against DeVito. <laughs> LA I against don't LA. know if I can, uh, if I can, if I'm voting my heart and I will, I'm also going to go get shorty. All yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Now, Matt, would you have gone a different direction? I would have. I would have went LA Confidential on this one. Okay. Why? Why LA Confidential? You know what? I love, I love me some Elmore Leonard. Love him. I love him. I love all his books, and most of the interpretations in the movies are are great. It, too fair. I don't think there's actually a bad one. But L.A. Confidential just—I don't know—just hit me at the right time. The performance of Russell Crowe again. This is kind of one of his first North American roles. I don't know if this or if it's Quick and the Dead came first. Probably Quick and the probably dead. Quick and the Dead. But this is, is he up not there. North American. He is Australian. Oh, shit. I yeah. had no idea. You should watch a movie. It's not necessarily for the faint of heart, but Romper Stomper <laughs> is that movie that really broke him, I think, to North American audiences. Okay. An Australian movie where he plays a Nazi skinhead. So, again, not for the faint of heart, but an v- excellent performance by Russell Crowe. 
And I can't be upset at you for that pick. Obviously, these are both my picks up here. Uh, But, you know, it's argued that LA Confidential should have beat Titanic. I mean, it's not an argument that, like, I would go with. But it, it is an argument that has been made that LA Confidential should have beaten Titanic it's at the It's a fantastic Oscars. movie. It was yeah. the same year as the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I mean at the as Oscars, Titanic. Yeah. As Titanic. Yeah. Now, if you if okay. this was LA Confidential against Be Cool, a hundred times then I w- over. hundred times over it'd be cool. What wait, what wait, no. wait, wait, <laughs> I'm wait. Joking. I'm joking. What even is Be Cool? You haven't seen Be Cool? That's the sequel to Get Shorty. What? It's real? Dwayne Johnson's performance in Be Cool, I think I would take over what? maybe Gene Hackman's performance in Get Shorty oh because I goodness. love his. I, I mean, that's so. People are going to come for yeah, me I with torches right now. I might Uma be Thurman is in this. In Be Cool, yeah. Have you not seen the sequel? I didn't even know oh. there was a sequel. Is it good? It looks like it's It's, trash. Not, it's not as good. good. It's not as good as Get Shorty. That's right. I, to be honest, I, I've seen Be Cool once where I've seen Get Shorty several times. So to be fair, I if I was to rewatch it, maybe I would think more favorably of it. But I think at the time, thinking it was going to be a, a, a truer sequel to the tone of Get Shorty, I didn't. And I would argue that if this was caught up past 2020, my G movie might not have been Get Shorty. It might have been Godzilla Minus One if we were caught up. Mm. To oh, actual wow. timeline, it's. I have not seen Godzilla minus one, but go. I hear nothing. Get Shorty has advanced to the next yes. round, and yet you are saying that Godzilla minus one would have been had there, we been doing categorized now. There is recency bias. It would have definitely been in my top five yeah. that I would have talked about a hundred percent. I think that's as we said at the beginning, or as you said, Ivana. I think if this was up to date, like, and we were counting movies of the last three years, there would be. A handful of changes, at least, I would say. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, Jay's movies have been getting a lot of love here. So let's move on to actually an Ivana versus Ivana, just to like spice Ooh, things okay. up here for a minute. Ooh. Let's go Ivana Imitation Game versus Juno. Oh, my God. That's oh, hard. You love Imitation Game. I love both of these movies. I, I will say Juno is the second best Jason Reitman film. What being first? uh, I think it's on this list. I think it's somewhere on this list. Actually, I think it's my pick uh, under up in the air. Okay. Okay. uh, As his, you know, filmography rounds out. I I really liked Juno. Also, Diablo Cody was introduced to the world. Yes, Yes, she was. I think it has to be Juno for me. I saw it in a packed theater. It was a lovely experience. Uh, even though I, I also saw Imitation Game in the theater, but it was less of a fun viewing experience. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a pretty by-the-numbers biopic, but Cumberbatch does elevate it. Actually, so does Keira Knightley in that film. The yes. two of them together, their friendship, the fact that it was just a friendship, I mean, that was, you know, in its own way. Refreshing. Really, yeah, really, like, really exciting. Nice. And it's a really well done biopic, and I'm not a big biopic person. But that being said, Juno, I mean, the dialogue, the characters it introduced, um, the former, or the Elliot uh, Elliot Elliot Page. Page. I don't know how you say it. It introduced Elliot Page. Is that the correct? I mean, when when you're talking about trans rights, Ellen Page would 
ultimately be dead, right? Like it's a big thing where the, the former person is kind of considered dead, considered dead to that person at least. Right. So it introduced so, us to Elliot Page yes. and, and like they just gave an incredible performance and, uh, and, and that scene to like one of my favorite scenes in, in all of movies is the yellow paint against the yellow paint that looks identical and they're sitting there taking it so seriously. So for that reason, Juno is my, my I, selection. I didn't know which way I would go on this when Matt announced these two, but now I'm remembering Jason Bateman mm-hmm. and the soundtrack, and I've got to go Juno. That's Juno Yay! for me as well. Across the board, this is the first across the board. Juno has a special place in my heart. It was the first movie that I movie date I went on with my wife. Oh, nice. And, That's a good memory. Aww. And um, and we and our first song that we danced to, like at your wedding, is All I Want Is You from the soundtrack. Oh, my so gosh. So Juno was always going to, uh, to get past at least this first round. Always going to well, win. I'm glad it swept round one. The first, for first sweep. First round. First, first round sweep. and first sweep. All right. Now let's get to here. We've wanted, we've had some J versus J, and then we've had a Nirvana versus Nirvana. Let's get really, let's get serious here. Let's get Nirvana versus J here. Let's go Young Frankenstein, which is Nirvana versus X Men First Class, which is J. What do you guys think? There? I mean, X was really hard, and we both chose X Men movies, if I recall, because <laughs> like X is just tough. It's X is really. Tough. It's a tough one. And you didn't I, like Young. Frankenstein. I don't think Young Frankenstein holds up. I love it. I still love it. I, like I, I watched it again, maybe last year because I thought obviously we always planned on doing this amazing bracket. We tried to do this last <laughs> year and it didn't end up happening. And here we are persevering. And, and I watched it last year and I just, as much as I love everybody in the film and as, as much as I love Mel Brooks, like it doesn't hold a candle to blazing saddles or space balls or the history of the world for me, like young Frankenstein, unfortunately no, but X-Men gives us fast bender Magneto, Jennifer Lawrence mystique. It's a really solid reboot, soft reboot, I guess it is. I would say in a, in a franchise of, of hits and misses uh, like to the top of the hits, to the bottom of the misses. It is it is one of the better movies in this franchise. I agree with that. So I'm going to say X-Men the first class, but I, I mean, I am, I am shitting on people's dreams right here. <laughs> well, I, I'll keep my mouth shut until Ivana steps in here. Well, I'm definitely going young Frankenstein. You're right. It's not Mel Brooks's best movie, but it is better than x-men first class which is one of the better x-men but not the best x-men so for me x-men first class pitted up against young frankenstein young frankenstein is still a better movie than x-men first class by this point in the x-men series it was an interesting reboot but not enough for me not against young frankenstein this is an easy one for me it's young frankenstein all the way yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have a hope in hell. You did well, that sir. That was going to happen. Did well, but it was an uphill battle for sure. All right, let's go with another Jay versus Ivana. Then let's go. My cousin Vinny, Jay versus A Quiet Place, Ivana. 
Oh, motherfucker. Okay. Okay. That's All like right. not fair. I, you know what? I'm going to just say this. I'm going to say this. I know you how much you love this franchise. Are two movies a franchise? I guess. There's a third one coming. Great. Franchise to come. Trilogy. Isn't that a trilogy? A, a trilogy. Which I guess could be a franchise. Mm, I think it might be like a soft other world. <laughs> like new characters, new new director, new characters. We're right. in the world now. I, I didn't want to get you guys derailed. The original is super suspenseful and it's fantastic. And A Quiet Place, I, I loved it. However, I'm going to say this. If you missed A Quiet Place in theaters, you missed a real experience of people holding their breath while watching the movie because it was so quiet and suspenseful. You don't get that rewatchability when it comes back home. Unlike my cousin Vinny, which its rewatchability is off the charts. You're right. I saw it in theaters that helped to like the holding of the breath thing was real. Like there was, um, it, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time and it was like there's recliners in the theater. I remember being like squirming in my seat, having seen it alone. Um, and the, you don't get that in the reviewings. Also, my cousin Vinny is maybe one of the best movies of all time, period, full stop. I, I would not disagree with that. So that that's my choice, too, I guess. <laughs> you guys know my cousin Tomei. Vinny. Well, yeah. that I am not needed here, though I would have went to Quiet Place. <gasps> wow. What? I am not a My Cousin Vinny fan. What? I think it's fine. I do not find the humor in it as much as, obviously, you two do. Wait a minute. <laughs> what, the two utes? Are we going to do the two utes bit? I just... I'm... You don't like my cousin Vinny that much? I, I don't. And I know we just rewatched this for our movie club just in the last couple of years. It's got some moments. Don't get me wrong. And Pesci pulls off comedy great for somebody who you don't typically think of as a comedian. But it just doesn't hold for me. The humor. She was dating Marissa Tomei. Greats on me. What? I know. I said it. She's not charming and delightful? She no. won the Oscar. Yeah, let's not even get into like how that mistake happened. <laughs> I loved her character. I love her four. too. I, I love I love the movie. Wow. Quiet Place to me, I will uh, totally like to me. Like you said, in the theater was the best way to see that movie. And like any horror suspense movie, is never gonna be as powerful as the first time you watch it, as you know the surprises. But that final. I don't even know what it is now. 20 minutes of that movie when the, the monster's coming onto the farmhouse is unbelievable. It's unreal. And I saw it in theaters and it, it was incredible. Both it was like the nail on the torture. step, the giving birth in quiet, oh, like all of that stuff unreal. is amazing. Unbelievable. It, it really was like, can you believe John Krasinski just directed that was his it? Debut. Like, first I movie know. he ever and made. Now and now he's directing Ryan Reynolds in an imaginary yeah, friend story. I don't know what that if is going to be like. May not be great. No. <laughs> but I, I, my heart would have gone for a quiet place. But again, I'm, I'm here as a lowly outsider. <laughs> so I'm just here to mark these scores and speak up when needed. So my cousin Vinny is going through. You are doing the Lord's work, Matt. <laughs> Let's uh, let's switch this up here. Here, let's listen to um, Jay fight amongst himself to a certain degree. Here, oh no! Let's go with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade versus You've Got Mail. 
Oh my God. Okay. I mean, this is really not that hard. No, this should uh, be really hard. arguably <laughs> the best Indiana Jones movie. It's definitely, I think, at least where the story should have ended. Totally. Uh, full stop. This never needed I mean, to go ma- forward. I don't know. Like, Mangold's Dial of Destiny does, it adds more depth to Indiana Jones, but it didn't need to be there. No, it, it needed to be there because the fourth one was. It writes the wrongs and steadies the That's ship. That's fair. That's fair. It didn't need to happen if four never happened. I And the addition of Sean Connery in The Last Crusade is actually what the franchise needed. Yeah. Like, sorely needed. Yes. Uh, and, and this is of a franchise that I uh, beloved, beloved by, by me. Now I believe it's 89. So I don't know what Ivana's thinking about you've yeah, got mail here. In the dreaded eighties. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the last crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones. So, but then you've got, you've got mail and it's a, you know, Nora Ephron's love letter to New York. The leads in it are never better. And yes, offense to Seattle, uh, but it's just sleepless in Seattle. Like they are so much better and charismatic in this, uh, maybe because they're replicating Jimmy Stewart from the shop around the corner. It has every season's vibe, New York in it. I love the soundtrack, but no man, it's like Indiana Jones and the last crusade. hundred percent. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Indiana Jones yeah. and yeah. the last yeah. crusade. hundred percent. You've got mail is fine. It's good, I guess. Um, Do you prefer it to Sleepless in Seattle? I've actually never seen Sleepless in Seattle. I watched it recently and I, like rewatched it recently. I, I had fond memories and I watched it and I was like, You've Got Mail just destroys this. Just destroys Is it. that because it's the first one you saw out of them? Uh, I de- It definitely was the first one I saw, but it, it, the story never gets them together and the the back and forth of these two people and you've got male who do not like each other. And then you have to find a way back in to become friends. That's the best part of you've got male where that in sleepless in Seattle, they meet on the roof at the end of the movie. That's the end of the, Oh, sorry. Spoilers. I for mean, sleepless I in mean, Seattle. I already know the ending. Of Everybody sleepless knows the end of the Seattle. movie on the Empire state building. <laughs> It's a knock on, or it's a knockoff of an uh, an affair to remember, which is also way better than Sleepless in Seattle. But is that wait is affair to remember? Is that a rom com? It's a it's a it's a melodrama romance from like the forties. Yeah, yeah, not calm. Oh no! Actually, that ending? No, that's not a calm. It's just a rom. A rom. It's just a rom. (laughs) A romp, you could say. All right, so we got another sweep. All right, all right. Well, let's go with an Ivana versus Ivana then. Now let's let's turn the spotlight onto you, and let's go with Naked Gun, the original versus Clueless. Ooh, I just rewatched Naked Gun yesterday, actually, uh, in in prep because I haven't seen this in a while. Um, but obviously, I think my vote is not a surprise. Clueless is a masterpiece that should be studied by one and all. It is one of the greatest movies of all time. All hail Clueless. Please, for the love of God, don't fuck up your votes, people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So The Naked Gun was one of the movies I rewatched for this, uh, knowing I need to just have it like in the back of my mind. And I mean, it's just so good. Leslie Nielsen, you wow. gave us so much riches. How is how is OJ, like the OJ-ness of it? 
when he pops up on screen, you're like, right, right. It's impossible <laughs> not to think about. It's OJ, hard not to think about it. But he's lovable still at that. He, point. he, oh, yeah. he, he is. He's. It's he's good. What are movie. we saying on this podcast, guys? We're not saying OJ Simpson is lovable on this podcast, are we? Well, we're saying that the OJ Simpson before he committed any crimes, while he did these naked gun movies, gave a lovable performance. Yes. But we're talking too much about this. It's obviously clueless. Clueless is remarkable Thank in God. almost <laughs> every sense of it. It is uh it defines the 90s in a way that other films miss. And it defines when we were in high school in a way that others miss. Amy Hackerling is an incredible director for this. And uh, yeah, holy shit. Is it Amy Hackerling? Am I wrong? No, nope. it is. It it's is Amy. That's good old Amy. All of a sudden, <laughs> doubting my doubting All of a sudden, myself. like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, no, no. I. Uh, it's Clueless a uh, hundred times over. Right. What, what are we going with over here? I'm, just, clueless. just to ask. It's clueless. Don't yeah, it's worry. Clueless. It's all clueless. It's clueless. We can still all be friends. But I was dying laughing at the end of the Naked Gun and the anth- the national anthem bit yeah. was, oh, holy moly, I was on the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Le- uh, Leslie Nielsen is amazing. <laughs> you know, and, and I think, I wonder if it's that I don't know the references in Naked Gun or mm. that, uh, like, they're just better at references but i find that they it appears to me that they're like spoofing genres more than they're spoofing like very specific scenes or moments and like the new spoof franchises like uh the ones like not another teen movie or scary movie or whatever they seem to be more specific in their spoofs yeah they they choose a movie that they're basically going to remake as a spoof including other tropes from other movies whereas the naked gun kind of goes back to the old police file serials and does a lot of slapstick humor and sight gags that sometimes refer to nothing except the naked gun yes and, and I, I just want to, like, mention that, that it really elevates it. So, it, you know, just to give it a little reference before we, you know, ultimately recognize the fact that Clueless is the superior yeah, movie. It is. It just is. Okay. Okay. Let's just keep the Ivana versus Jay theme going here. And let's go with Evil Dead 2, which was an Ivana pick, versus The Queen, which was a Jay pick. All right. I, I Very similar I've... in tone. <laughs> No, like I totally uh, understand why these are pitted up against each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I can find the I can find what happened here. Evil Dead Two doesn't work without its lead, and neither does the Queen. Sure. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say Honestly, I love of chainsaws in both. Evil Dead Two works because of Bruce Campbell. Like, if Bruce Campbell isn't in that movie and it goes to somebody else, it may pull it off, but probably not. Ash like, doesn't become the, the iconic character. I agree. I, I So I watched this today knowing that I needed it in my mind because I was waiting for you to go Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are similar or something crazy. They are not. I've watched them again. Evil Dead's legit horror. Evil Dead 2 is insane. <laughs> like, like the most insane horror comedy ever. And I think the movie's just about madness. Because the scene in the cabin when he is laughing at everybody laughing at him yeah. is 
Balls to the wall, probably the greatest thing Sam Raimi has ever put to film. Possibly. I think you're right that the movie is about madness. And and it is much more of a horror comedy. But it, it it's a it's a requill. Um Yeah. It's it's a retelling of the original with new added elements. Yeah. Yeah. And six minutes in, there's a head chopped off. Like it's very, very quick to the point. There's no intrigue at all. They walk in, he hits the tape recorder, everything's gonna go nuts yeah. for the next hour and twenty minutes. And it's so great. The queen was my favorite cue. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> like, like it was tough because it was Q. Right. I really, really like the Queen. I think I, I still hold it on to. That is a, a solid movie. It is one that she is uh, great. She's fantastic. It's interesting now that the crown has become what it is. I was going to just say this: does it get does its potency or powerfulness gets watered down? Because I of think the it crown? does. I think it does. So, but regardless, it was always going to go to Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is, a, like, it's a masterpiece. It is. In, in, in a totally different way than anything else. I watched, uh, just to remind myself a little bit about it, a YouTube video about the making of the Evil Dead today. And it was very interesting to note that he was playing with, um, like, new audio syncing methodologies allowed him to play with frame rates in his recording, which allowed him to create a lot of those visuals that help to like, you know, signify madness. Yeah. Or when he slowed things down or when he would be like the viewpoint of um, the deadites, basically like that whole twisted world thing like that is like whole ways of him just experimenting with frame rates and like, sound sync and how he's going to put and all of that together and he really like pushed boundaries in terms of like what he was doing with diegetic sound and non-diegetic sound to like signify and amp up the feelings going on anyway brilliant brilliant evil dead 2 is by far my vote i i saw the queen in theaters i've never been more bored it sucks it's a stupid movie Wow, that is <laughs> old words. Bold you know what? Words. I said a lot of nice things about your movie, about homework <laughs> film. <laughs> said a lot of nice things about her movie. You did, yeah, you did. Thanks for that. No problem. Uh, I mean, for you just wait. <laughs> for what it's worth, I, I obviously strongly agree. It's Evil Dead too. Yeah, it is worth everything because the Queen is boring and sucks. But yeah, yeah. I think that's what we said. Wow, Roll tape back. <laughs> All right, here. Let's go with Dazed and Confused versus Us. Oh, my. That's mean. I can't believe that Us, that we did this when Us was, you know, out in theaters. That's awesome. It must have been very, yeah. It must must be our most recent movie. Before we go, we both know that Matt does not enjoy Us. No, I do not. I think it's the weakest of his movies. Wait, more than Nope? I think Nope is a better movie than Us. What? You see this? Yes. You see, I knew this. I knew this. Oh my gosh. Yes. You don't like Nope. I, I, it's not that I don't like Nope. It's that it's the weakest of his movies. Interesting. I find this one. I did not get into the whole doppelganger society under the 
under the... Did you see it in theaters? I did see it in theaters. Me too. I did not like it. And the huh? Hands Across America thing, like, it's just ridiculous. I, I did not like this movie. I thought it started super strong, loved the tone, loved some of the performances, was all in, and then it just fell apart in the back half for me. I really loved the dance fight thing at the end between the two Lapitas. I didn't. I thought it was <laughs> thought it was bad. Just thought it was bad. I got a big crush on Lupita, so I do uh, like Lupita. Listen, yeah. yeah. And I, again, as I say, like it's bad. Like I still would give this us a passing grade, but Days and Confused hit me like at a time. Like again, I'm not. This isn't even about me. Obviously, this is about you guys. But well, we no, just no, we know what you're going with, and we want to know. Why. I'm Days. I mean, I would say Days and Confused all all day, every day. It hit me at a time. I think it was what 92, 93. I was like 15, 16 years old. Like I was. The time I was experimenting and smoking weed, maybe not experimenting, but might have been actually full on smoking weed at this time, stealing beers, all that kind of stuff that a typical 16 year old kid. We were going to bush parties like where I live. We lived in like a suburb of the city of Hamilton. So, um, you know, the party they go to at the is it the watchtower or the water tower? I can't exactly remember, but I um, I watched this movie like every week. Like once a week, every week for like a year. Like Days Confused is never gonna not. Do you do the same thing now with Everybody Wants Some? No. Wow. No. I do that all the time now with Everybody Wants Some. Wait, I do. What? Yeah. Yeah. I watch it a lot. I have wanted more to- than Days and Confused. Well, I I used to watch Days and Confused on a loop like Matt. I I now I watch Everybody Wants Some on a loop. Like, way more than Days and Confused. I don't know which I would take in a fight. Oh, Good wow. thing we wouldn't have to find that out on this podcast. Oh my god! But yeah, what? yeah. I watched I thought it a everyone lot. wants some that was most... fine, and I want to rewatch Same. it. But I it did not hit me the way. You know what Same. it was? It was Glenn Powell. I, there's something about Glenn Powell's magnetism, man, draws <laughs> me right in every time. Every time. Can't have wait you seen to watch his the new, new one. movie with uh, anyone Sydney. but you. Yeah, cannot wait. Cannot wait. I want to see that too. Actually. Hold on, but we have a job to do. We know where Matt stands, so yeah. it really does come down to us here. On well, this. what what's your vote here? Well, as you know, I think like us is an amazing story about the election and about the people who feel disenfranchised standing up and i think that's amazing and i love it and it's like these people you didn't know existed come and they take your lives from you and at the end they stand together and they beat the united states basically like us us is united states like i think it's brilliant however i did talk about how linklater's days and confused was on a loop growing up all the time it's so comforting like, it's such a comfy, cozy, sit-down watch movie. I have the soundtrack on all the time. And while Us is, like, amazing philosophy and it is also a great time. Like, it's so much fun. It's a fun horror movie. That's what Peel. I always say this. He builds these interesting stories about society, but they're also so fun to watch. Honestly, that is the goal in filmmaking Say something and let people have fun watching it. But with that said, it's for me, dazed and confused. So it, you're already voted out, but would you have voted us? Um, 
So I watched Days and Confused for the first time probably in my like later high school um, years. And it was like brought to me as I started to become a cinephile. So like I remember I was dating this guy, my first love, and he really like introduced me to these classic films and like that's how it was later high school and a teacher introduced me to Evil Dead and um I for a boyfriend was introduced uh Dazed and Confused and I also happened to have spent a lot of time watching it on a loop that soundtrack is pretty fucking epic it's amazing and ultimately if you're choosing between Dazed and Confused and us I really think you got to give it to Days and Confused. It is a pretty perfect film. I'm shocked that you watch um, his new one so much because I didn't see what I saw in Days and Confused. I think in Days and Confused, the way that he was able to capture the listness, listlessness of being young and not knowing what you're going to do and coming from a place where, you know, life feels very prescriptive. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was very interesting and cool to look at, especially because I've never been that kind of person. So it was fun. I also think that Days and Confused actually has really well done women in the film. Like you're following some pretty great female characters, whereas everybody wants some is guys looking to get laid like the whole time. Well, and I think Days and Confused, it's like set in the 70s, but it, is the the gen x like the same way that clueless like i i don't even know what generation clueless is capturing because it's like in, it's in between time but they're like i don't know i think in that age to be in high school at that point in time i don't know is it 94 or 92 i'm not sure either way yeah. they're they capture the 90s the way that, like, I think um, Days of Confused captures what it means to be a youth growing up as Gen X, similar to, like, Reality Bites and, like, those movies. I showed my dad. My dad and I smoked a joint, and we watched Days and Confused, and he'd never even heard of it before. And now it's, like, obviously one of his top movies. said it was amazing. And I asked him, like, was that, did that look right? And he's like 110%. That is what he was up to at that time. Yeah. That's cool. Let's move things over a little bit then. Since we're talking about these, or we're talking about a, a heart-loving, warm-feeling, kind of nostalgic movie, then let, let's go from one to the other here. And let's go with Requiem for a Dream Ooh. versus <laughs> <laughs> versus Outsourced. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it so much. Unfair little battle here. It's outsourced. 100% it's outsourced. Wait. Cute little rom-com Indian film. Yes. You're choosing outsourced? 100%. I cannot watch Requiem for a Dream ever again. And, And Aronofsky is now like weird to me a little bit after The Whale. Why after The Whale? Look, the whale's really nice. It's a really nice, okay film. It's an okay movie with a, which I would say, with a great performance. Great performance. Okay movie. But it's an okay movie. And what was his film before this? Mother. Super divisive. 
I I loved Mother. Not everybody loved I it. I hated Mother. There you go, Matt. He's not on board. I'm I'm still undecided. And Requiem is that level of divisiveness as well. He also did like Noah. He's in a weird churchy god place. I like Requiem. For me, I mean, he's never going to do better than Black Swan. There's no way in my life I will ever say that Aronofsky's Black Swan is not the best he's ever, ever done. Requiem, we thought about this when we were doing our podcast, Friends with Elephants, which, yeah, you can find those episodes still somewhere on the internet. It is not rewatchable. I can't sit down. I tried. I, I was like, I'm going to watch it for this. I sat down. I put it on 10 minutes in. And I'm like, I, I know where this is going. I can't do it. But some movies, even though they're not rewatchable, doesn't mean that they're not great movies. Because totally. it's not rewatchable, you could argue it's such a powerfully made movie. I agree. That that makes it the, the better movie. I agree. But like... More people, I bet you. Outsourced is so wonderful. I bet you more people <laughs> know of Requiem for a Dream than Outsourced. For sure. 100%. Outsourced is criminally unknown. It's like this little indie film that so many people don't know, and it's actually really beautiful story about cultures and love, uh, and I do love it. I know you do, but, but I'm, I'm voting Outsourced. I can't believe you're voting Outsourced. If This feels Sorry. like, first of all, a crazy It's matchup. 100% an attack on you. And yeah, because <laughs> outsourced versus Requiem. <laughs> the Queen sucks. You know what? Requiem for a Dream isn't as good as outsourced. <laughs> Could not disagree more. Uh, I rewatched Requiem for a Dream for, I think I've now seen it maybe like nine times. Jesus. This is like masochism. Yeah. Do you hate life? It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's no longer the same. I, it's not the same once you've seen it this many times. You start to like see the different. Look, it's technically just gorgeous. Like the visual to sound design stuff that is happening in this film. Like if you can get through the emotions of it and watch this movie on a technical place, like it's it's so good. It's really revolutionary for its time. And it has left such an incredible mark on anyone who has ever seen it. Yes. And most people talk about how they will never watch the movie again. And it was really powerful. So that totally. alone, um, that's my vote. I believe it is the better movie over Outsourced, which is lovely, but not really bringing anything new to the genre or the filmmaking. Well, where, I like, just don't want to see Requiem for a Dream in the next round because of spite. So Outsourced. <laughs> Is mine, but Matt is going well, to I'm be. Sor I'm sorry to say you're going to see it in the next round because my <laughs> vote is Requiem for a Dream. Fair enough. Fair enough. This is why you have the most important job. It's true. You <laughs> Otherwise, keep, all these you spite, hate, hateful hate things votes. would happen. That was, now, those are both Ivana's, right? Those, those are both me, Ivana's yeah. picks. Yes, yes. Yeah. Those are two Ivana picks. Now we're going to go to two J picks here. How about oh, we do shit. Night of the Living Dead versus Zootopia? Both yeah. good movies. Both good movies. Oh my god. Okay, how how does Disney make a film about xenophobia that banked over a billion dollars? Yep. It's like a, it's how a, did that happen? It's an amazing movie. It's so good. Um and George A. Romero, like visionary. We still The Walking Dead doesn't exist without the Night of the Living Dead. You know, in 1968, the idea of putting your hero is a black man and then giving us that ending of Night of the Living yes. Dead. 
unbelievable. Like saying so much. It, I know it says everything. It's incredible. Uh, it is creepy still to this day. It's what all apocalypse films should aspire to be recognizing that the people are the scarier thing. Right. Um, I don't want to vote against Zootopia. I think it's such an important film, but night of the living dead is just it. I've, I keep going back to it because it also is. So my choice is night of the living dead. I don't like it that I have to make the choice. Our, Our choices. I I don't mind making this choice. Having lived in Pittsburgh for five years, I feel a special (laughs) connection to Romero. And I watched this for the first time in Pittsburgh while living there. Uh, And you're right. That ending, even to this day, like I suffer a lot because I've seen a lot of classic movies later. So I'm a classic uh, sufferer of like recency lens or whatnot Mm -hmm. you know you'll see something and i'm like oh it's i don't really get it i've seen a million movies that are like this already not really realizing the impact that this is the first time the movie has done the thing and therefore it's like special until someone explains it to me of course but um from like a watching perspective but in this case i was freaking blown away by that ending it surprised me. It shocked me. It uh, This movie is incredible. Absolutely. That is my vote. Zootopia was great. I mean, but nah. I know. Like Night of the Living Dead. It is no Night of the Living Dead. It has to be Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead for me as well. Everything like, that you guys damn, have talked about. Zootopia good. It is good. It's really good. It's real good. All right, here. Let's go with a... Nirvana versus Ivana here. Let's go with the original Scream versus Zombieland. No way. Oh, oh. oh Sophie's choice. Speaking I'm going to let Ivana take Speaking of zombies, yeah, let's just move into another zombie movie. Oh, I feel like I've been stabbed in the stomach. Really? <laughs> I find this an easy pick. Though I love both these movies, I immediately swing towards one. Okay, yeah. I mean, ultimately, yes. Um, but that's the problem is that I love both these movies so much that I'm really kind of sad to just swing over to Scream, which is um, just a masterpiece, uh, an incredible franchise-creating masterpiece of cleverness. Um, so Scream. There is a reason Scream has six films and Franchise has one and then the sequel. And you know how I feel about that sequel. I don't think that sequel holds up. Double tapped? Yeah. I loved it. I didn't I mean, mind it either. I thought it was okay. But... Zombieland, the first one is hilarious. It's, uh, you know, it is a modern horror comedy classic, which is, as always, I, I always say this, horror comedy, favorite genre. But Scream also is funny. It's it's horror comedy. It, it, it's, it has so much to say about how the man who helped the genre get to where it is, mm-hmm. is doing this meta commentary on his whole genre that people associate with him, even though he did like other movies. He uh, did, but I think this is like, it's kind of a resurgence for Wes too. Yeah. I don't, I can't off the top of my head what he's, what like the two or three movies previous to Scream is, but I don't think they're the hits that Scream is. No, 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 definitely not. He like, did a lot Scream of the, is the, the a new nightmare stuff. Like I know there was a Wes Craven's A New Nightmare was one of them. Yes, which actually I think is very good. It's 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 him starting to get into the meta aspect of yes, 
And you know what? I think that probably would have doing that movie. He probably would have been like, you know what? We can we can do something with that. But oh, Kevin well, Williamson and he script. did the original A Nightmare on Elm Street. So that oh, no, is, no, of course, oh, of course. But, so, of course. Yeah. I was but right before about... Scream, what, what oh, like right that's what we're looking at. He, I remember he did some really horrible. Christina Ricci. He did Cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Which and I, but I don't know if that's. After that was after Scream. Oh, though. God. That was after Scream. So it was Red Eye after. It, that was after Scream, I believe. I liked Red Eye. So did I. Um, I liked his new one. We saw it at um, at TIFF. Oh, that was sick. Kevin Williamson's new one. Not oh, sorry. That's Kevin Williamson. Right, you know, but right. Sick is very good as well. <laughs> so right before Scream, he did New Nightmare. Okay. He did Vampire in Brooklyn, which was. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, he did The People Under the Stairs, which is okay. fairly rated, I, I think. think. they're actually remaking that as we speak, aren't they? I'm okay with that. And then Scream, Scream 2, and then we got Music of the Heart that came after, which was not horror at all. Cursed after Scream 3. Okay. Red Eye after Scream 3. My Soul to Take, which is... I'm so glad he did Scream 4 as his last film yeah, because My Soul to Take is so bad. Maybe I'm remembering like the movies after Scream instead of before Scream because yeah, yeah the, the, like Curse, My Soul to Take, these are ones that really like stick out as bad, real bad, yeah. real bad. Vampire uh, Brooklyn's. Yeah. Although Jesse Eisenberg, Paris pretty good Chittam. in Curse. That was supposed to be good, right? He did one of the stories. Yeah, in that's Paris like a, a collection of short yeah. stories. Ah, got it. So we're all saying Scream, right? Yes. yes. Over Zombieland. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. Zombieland. I thought it was great, but Scream, Scream, Scream all the way. It'll always hold a place in our heart because we saw it together and that woman came out. It was a advanced screening. I was writing the review and she ran up and said, Jay, can you not in your review reveal the cameo? And to this day, I feel like I can't say what the cameo is, even though you know who it is. Which, yeah, don't, but you can't say it. In Zombieland. But oh, you in can't Zombieland. Say you can't oh, yeah, say yeah, yeah, of course. You can't say it. That, on a 20-year-old movie? someone hasn't seen it that's it, listening to this just, podcast. If you're watching Zombieland for the first time, there's a moment that you're going to just be smacked in the face with amazing. You know what, though? Question, food for thought. If you're like an 18-year-old today and you watch Zombieland made in 2009 with that cameo. Yeah. Does it mean as much? No. Not probably at not. all. Probably He's not. like, to- it's a completely different world. They're probably like, who even is this person? Yeah, he's not what he used to be. That's for sure. Yo, no, he's of the generation. That's for sure. All right, guys. I know that we got to get uh, wrapping up here soon, but I'm going to leave with uh, with one that I feel like we have to do since we already sort of talked about it here, which is the Hangover versus Jaws. Which is come on, this is this should be <laughs> should be an easy conversation, but we'll it's like see. Like a layup. <laughs> Look, it's Jaws. Yeah, it's Jaws. It's Jaws. I, can I can I just say something before we before we wrap this first episode up? Yes. One, this has been amazing. Yes, Two, thank you for having me on the show. So much fun. My sister in law on New Year's Eve told me that The Hangover is the greatest comedy franchise of all time, and I have been stewing about this. For the last like three days, I'm like I'm so angry about this. Well, hang on, I will say this to her defense. What comedy franchises are there where you have two, so three? I immediately said The Naked Gun. Followed that immediately up with the Vacation series. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. And I, I'm sh- the Austin Powers series. 
Absolutely. Not, yes, franchise, but not. Not, but better than The Hangover number three? The thing about American the Hangover. American Pie is better than The Hangover number three and two. I don't know about that. Is that The Hangover number one was great. Great. And then awful for two and three, I would I, say. I, I would agree. I would agree that it's the same trope run through the mill uh, twice, and they don't do much for these people. And also, I don't understand how they keep getting blackout drunk. Faulty like, Towers people. Is, these guys. are terrible people. Hmm? That's franchise. What, Monty Python? Not yep. really. Same actors, not a franchise. They are all different, Stories. separate films. But that kind of counts in comedy, no? Like, I kind of consider... It can. The, would like, you say the Broken Lizard guys. movies are all a franchise? That's I right. would say yeah, the Broken I Lizard would. movies are all better than The Hangover. The first Hangover? Well... I don't know. Super Troopers might take me. Super Troopers, I think, is over better the than, the, than The Hangover. And Super Troopers 2 is better than any of The Hangover sequels. Saying Broken Lizard wow. to me, I would say I'd Fair, fair. Wow. But I will say that the first Hangover is a very powerful, very funny comedy. I also watch Beer Fest I agree. a and lot. And it was really, really shocking at the time. I watch Beer Fest a lot. I also watch Club Dread a lot. I'm not that into Beer Fest. Oh, I can't make it through without a beer. <laughs> oh, of course not. It's all the so, way. but it's Jaws, right? Like it's, it's Jaws. Jaws. It's, it's Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> it's Jaws. Okay. Jaws, like, I just want to say because I'm not always a blockbuster fan. You are Jay. You're a massive blockbuster fan. Like you, I love the history of these massive movies that made the you know the most money in a year. I, I think they're amazing. Like. It's it's always even if I don't like the movies, even if you, however you feel about 2023 and Barbie, it still made more money than anything else. Warner Brothers made more money off of Barbie than any other movie. That's fascinating stuff. Yeah, That's totally. So interesting. Of course, it is. It's so interesting. And so for me, I think it's really kind of nice and special that we're gonna end this episode on a sweep with Jaws, which is kind of like. The first big blockbuster, I think, right? And it's the one that coined the term because, because Ivana, the lines went around the block. Ooh, the blockbuster. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's pretty cool because Jaws is legitimately a really good movie. Um, I think it's what, you know, I think it's what we could all aspire to have our blockbusters be. And not necessarily just like cookie cutter schlock, which is what I don't love about blockbusters. Um, although I think you're right. It is interesting to have something like capture that much. Attention. Always interesting. So, okay. So we're going to keep going and you're going to hear what happens next in a cup next week. Or, or in a couple weeks. Or in a couple weeks. No, I can. It's going to be next week. If you're listening to this now, <laughs> you're going to hear the next segment next week. And I'm, I, that's a promise. And we're going to end all of our episodes with Jaws sweeping, right? We're going to see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes, how sir. It goes. Matt, thank you so much for being here no. and taking us through the first hour of this incredible bracket that you've built for well, us. Thank you. I'm looking forward to, to seeing this to the end. If you have not, please go and subscribe to Here's How It Goes. It's available wherever podcasts can be found. And Matt and Matt are awesome on it. Thank you, sir. We're... We're going to see you next week. This is going to happen. I'm telling you right now. So until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more.